Welcome back, Bring in the Heat Podcast, episode 18. It's me again, and I'm flying solo today. And all I have to say is today is a great day, okay? If those of you that are wondering why, because Cardi B finally let us know her thoughts on the government shutdown. Thank God. I don't think I would have been able to sleep tonight if I did not know how Cardi B felt about the government shutdown, which she probably doesn't even really know what government shutdown is. But all I have to say is thank Jesus because, holy shit, when I found out the government was shutting down, the first thing that came to my mind was, God damn, I wonder what Cardi B thinks about this. You know, out of all the people in the world, Cardi B knows the most. She knows everything. So thank God for her uh, her insight on that. It really, really made me feel a lot better. It made me feel at ease that I, you know, that she finally broke her silence on that. It feels great. Um, I mean, who who better who better to break their silence? I mean, we we needed that. Everybody on Twitter, we needed that big time. So thank Jesus for that. Um, what else? What else do I have to say? Oh, big storm coming this weekend. Um, we live. I live up in the Northeast, and you know it's going to be a big storm out when I go to the grocery store. And like I go to the, I went to the grocery store not because it was going to be a big storm, but I went to the grocery store because you know I needed some things around the house, needed some stuff to eat for lunch, stuff like that. I get to the store, all the freaking eggs are gone, all the eggs are gone, all the water's gone. I'm like, God damn. It ain't that serious. We ain't getting snowed in for three months. People out there spending $300 grocery bills because we're getting a couple inches of snow. I mean, good Lord. It is not that serious. People out there spending their whole paycheck. They're getting paid today or tomorrow. They're spending the whole paycheck on groceries thinking they're going to be stuck in the house. And this always happens. I go to the grocery store. I try to get myself some milk. There's no milk. I tried. I got to wait in line for forty-five minutes because people got carts full of groceries because it's gonna snow. I mean, holy shit! I was like, I get there and I'm like, oh, why is this place so ba- packed? What the hell? Oh, I forgot. We're supposed to get three inches of snow tomorrow. The world is ending. I mean, shit. I mean, it, talk about annoying. But that's my little rant to start this podcast. Uh, Getting into baseball stuff, Yankees basically solidify that bullpen. We kind of already knew. Obviously, the Yankees, one of their strengths was the bullpen. Their, Their biggest weakness made their bullpen suffer last year, and that was Aaron Boone. And Aaron Boone will be back this year. And mark my words, somehow... Somehow, some way, Aaron Boone is going to fuck this up. Okay, I don't know how. I don't know how when you have all of those arms, Chapman, Batantis, Britton, Adovino, Green, Holder, Canely. Canely's probably the biggest question mark because he struggled last year, but you got all those arms, and somehow he will fuck it up. And it's it's going to be laughable. As a Yankee fan, it's going to be... Extremely laughable, laughable because 
Aaron Boone to me is a ship manager. If you listen to any of the other uh, podcasts, you would know my thoughts on Aaron Boone and how I feel about him. They're not good. He had a horrible rookie year. Alex Cora was clearly the better manager. And um, so, yeah, Aaron Boone will find a way uh, to mess that up. And I have no doubts about it. Um, but the Yankees should be good. I mean, they, they on paper, again, this is on paper because nobody knows, but on paper, this team is better than the Red Sox. Their lineup is deeper. They basically have every position filled. I mean, first base, I guess, going into the season would be their biggest question mark. All right, here's their question mark. So you got first base because Greg Bird sucks, and you don't know if Luke Voigt is is actually who he was. You don't really know if he's going to do what he did last year. Gary Sanchez, because he had a bad offensive season, and he's always been bad defensively, so we'll see how much he's worked on that because it seems like it hasn't gotten any better. It seems it's gotten worse. Um, Miguel Andujar, not his bat, but his defense. His defense was very bad last year. So that's a question mark. Um, and I mean, left field kind of, because to me, Gardner is not an everyday left fielder anymore. I don't believe he is going to be able to play left field that much. I think he's a good guy to, to be out there to give you rest. So who's going to play left field? Is Stanton going to play a little bit more left field? Is Clint Frazier going to be their everyday left fielder? I mean, you would think Frazier healthy. That's what they want. They want Frazier to play left, but I don't know. I don't really know what that plan is. We know Hicks is going to be in center. We know Judge is going to be in right. We know Stanton will platoon in the outfield here and there, either to give um, Judge rest or to give uh, whoever's in left rest. I would assume Gardner kind of playing that similar role. I think I think if they bring Frazier up, Gardner's going to be the guy that kind of goes uh, around the outfield and Stanton stay at DH. But then I was saying the other day, if Andujar comes out and is absolutely raking – but he is a liability in the field. Do you move and, and, and say Troy, Troy Tulowitzki's holding his own? You know, maybe he's not the guy he was, but he's playing at a respectable level. Do you put Stanton in left? Who and everyone says Stanton can't. Stanton was a good outfielder. He is not a bad outfielder. I think they want to do it because of they want to have him focus on hitting because that's obviously his strong point, and they don't want him getting hurt because of all the money they're paying him. But at this time, you can't baby players, man. He's getting paid how much money? Get him out there. He only does half of what everybody else does. He Again, he does it fairly well. Hits a lot of home runs. But to me, if that happens, does Stanton play left and Andujar becomes your everyday DH? Um, because if Andujar hits like he did last year, he is a guy you can't take out of your lineup. As good as his – or as shitty as his defense is, his bat, If again, if, he's, if he does what he does – if he does what he did last year, he should play. He should be in the lineup every day. Obviously, he'll get it his off day, but he should be in there often. And so, and just comparing bullpens here. Um, so we said Chapman, Batances, Britton, Adovino, Green, Holder, and Canley for the Yanks. The Red Sox got Brazier, Barnes, Hembry, who is fucking horrible. Um, Thornbug is a question mark. Pointer, Workman, and Brewer. And those guys are all question marks. So I'm not really sure how I feel about the Red Sox bullpen. Again, their offense is insane. Their offense is going to be good again. All right. I mean, Benintendi is a stud. 
But Betts is obviously a stud. JD Martinez obviously a stud. Um, Bogarts very good. Um, Jackie Bradley came on kind of at the end of the year, but his obviously his bat isn't great, but his defense is insane. Uh, so I think you know the Red Sox are going to be good. I just don't think they're as good as the Yankees, and I don't think that at this point the the Red Sox are going to do what they did last year. Uh, I, I think they'll be very good, no doubt about it, but. I don't think they will be what they were last year. Um, but yeah, so baseball right around the corner. And that, that makes me think about this. So the other day I'm at the gym. And by the way, the beginning, I think that I'm going to call the beginning of the podcast airing it out. Because not that I'm like angry about anything. I just, I am fortunate enough to get out of the house quite a bit and some of the stuff that I see and then some of the stuff I see on social media, I just think it's funny to address it. Address it. Um, so the other day I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm on – I'm doing like tricep extensions or something. And I look, look across the way and I see this older guy and he's wearing gardening gloves in the gym. And I'm like, what? the hell is this guy doing first off if you were i I don't want to be mean but if you wear gloves in the gym and you're not a female that's embarrassing that shouldn't that should never happen don't ever do it it doesn't look cool it looks just it don't do it okay be a man get some calluses on your hands all right girls different not not addressing that but this guy is wearing gardening gloves the bulkiest most like uncomfortable things you could ever wear and he's wearing them in the gym and in my head I'm like what the actual hell is going on and so I couldn't help but laugh like I wanted to take a picture but I didn't want to get caught you know and I'm not very stealthy so wasn't going to take a picture really wanted to didn't do it but in my head I'm like man this guy's I guess he's trying to break him in you know only 60 days till gardening season so I'm like holy shit Holy shit, this guy's really wearing gardening gloves. And if you've ever worn them, like, I don't even know how people garden in them because they're so bulky and, like, you could barely hold anything with them. So it's like, what, how are you benching with these things? Or how are you, like, actually lifting weights? Because, one, they're not, like, there's not, like, a good surface on them to, like, for grip. They're really more so so your hands don't get dirty. But it's, like, they're the most uncomfortable things and they're so like thick and heavy and un- it's just stupid and this guy's wearing them like and I think he thought he was a badass and I'm like shit I mean maybe he's a world class gardener I don't know wasn't going to ask him wasn't going to like make fun of him to his face because I'm not that type of person um but in my head I'm like wow total loser um so that was just another Another funny story I meant to tell you in the beginning, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And then it, thinking about how baseball season's right around the corner and pitchers and catchers are reporting, it made me think about this guy because gardening season, right around the corner. Um, so that's really it for baseball. There really hasn't been much else in the last day or so. I mean, the Ottavino thing is the biggest the biggest uh, reaction. It was a three-year deal um, for $27 million. He's 33. Biggest problem is his walks. Opponents hit 158 against him last year, which is great. Uh, he went 77 innings, struck out over 100 guys. He's been one of the best setup men, really, in um, baseball. So I think he helps a lot. 
is I think he he is a lot like um Patances walks a decent amount of guys, but you know it I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, they, and he also has a really hard time holding guys on base, but they got to get on base first. So if he can if he can lower the walks, his stuff is nasty. I mean, his slider or curveball or whatever he calls that is absolutely filthy. His two-seamer is disgusting. So the Yankees, I mean, they got a good piece and the Red Sox didn't even get Kimbrell back yet. So, I mean, there's going to be question marks on that on that Red Sox team without a doubt. So, and then the only other news I got so far is the Yankees really trying to trade uh, Sonny Gray now. They're really in the works of, of moving him. We kind of talked about that a little bit last time, but it's said that uh, they're in the works of, I think it was like the Braves, Padres, the A's were back in there. So Yanks uh, looks like they're going to get rid of Sonny Gray here very soon, which I think Sonny Gray will go somewhere and he'll be fine. He'll do well. He'll throw well because the stuff is there. He's got really, really good stuff. He just – Hasn't really he wasn't he just couldn't pitch in New York. Um, I I kind of now I'm not going to say Gray is as good as Zach Greinke, but I think if Zach Greinke would have went to the Yankees at some point in his career, he probably struggles. And I just think because that's the type of person that they are, they're very secluded individuals. Very they always seem like anxious. Um, so I think that you know they they kind of they they just don't fit the New York mold. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some guys just don't fit that mold and you know Cashman took a gamble I think he made a an oak I think it's a trade that's really a wash maybe the A's win but I mean Mateo sucks he can't hit um Caprillion has yet to throw he's got arm problems and I think um I think the kids I forget the kid's name I think it was Fowler or or something like that I forget now but he had a he's the one that got hurt in that White Sox game and then the Yankees traded him so that's really it for baseball. I kind of can't wait for more stuff to happen here because I feel like I'm only been talking about the Yankees, and that's not what I want this podcast to be. I do want to talk about more teams. It's just nothing's really happening. Um, it's kind of it's kind of been a slow free agent market, really. I mean, there really hasn't been much news. Uh, so it's definitely been a little slow, kind of like last year. Uh, but moving on to football, um, obviously Antonio. Uh, Antonio Brown's saga continues, and I mean, Antonio Brown is just being a baby. I mean, he really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Antonio Brown is top three receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, but if you're doing top five, I mean, to me, you got Odell's great. Odell has some injury problems, but he's great when he's on the field. Julio Jones, uh, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those are my five guys. AJ Green's kind of been funneled out of that, I believe. So those are my five guys. But Antonio Brown did something that you do not see a lot of athletes do because they love the game. And to me, what he did makes me feel like he doesn't love the game. Uh, he, you know, not playing in a do or die game when you, you're completely healthy. It wasn't like there was any injury history in his, you know, in that report, he, he did not play because of missing a, a team meeting, blah, blah, blah. It's the biggest week of your season, and you miss that. And so now he's being a big baby about it. People are coming out saying he's too much of a diva. Obviously he is. And then he starts uh, trading tweets with Emmanuel Sanders like, come on, man. Like, just grow up. 
We get it. You know, your time in Pittsburgh has run out. Okay. He's probably, I could see him going to San Francisco, but at this point, you know, do teams really want that headache? I know he is a world-class talent. People will take him. If he went to Chicago tomorrow, I'd be like, great, this is awesome. But at the same time, do you want that headache? And it's like, I mean, maybe he goes somewhere else and he's never a problem because he's disgruntled there. Anywhere else he goes, he's going to be happy about it. But at the same time, you're almost like, well, this is, you know, he's a baby. He really is a baby. If he's not getting the ball when he wants, he's going to cry about it. And, you know, it's kind of like Des Bryant. And Des Bryant eventually wore out his welcome. I mean, obviously, the production didn't help. His production was dropping tremendously. But it gets to a point where you're just kind of over it. Um, what else? The Seahawks. Oh, man, big signing. They signed Paxton Lynch. That won't last long because he's horrible. Um, and then we just got the games this weekend. So uh, some big games. We got Patriots, Chiefs. Um, so earlier in the week, I had the opportunity, I watched, and I know it's old, so I don't want to get shit for it, but I watched the Bill Belichick of football life. And let me tell you, I have a whole new respect for the Patriots and for Bill Belichick because what they've done, I mean, they are easily the, the greatest dynasty in all of sports. I don't care what anybody says. Don't tell me LeBron James. Don't tell me Michael Jordan. It is the greatest run in all of sports because football, there is such a high turnover rate. And by that, I mean because the careers are so much shorter, um, to me, what they've done is incredible. I mean their roster over the last, what is it, 17 years has changed so much and they just can't, they just have the formula to win. And it's because, at least off that of football life, Bill Belichick. And I'm not going to. I'm not saying not all coaches work their ass off, but Bill Belichick is a genius, and he knows he knows the right things to say to players. But he runs a tight ship, and it's like those guys. They re, they're either going to respond to you, or they're just going to funnel themselves out, and he's going to draft somebody in the fifth, sixth round that's going to take your spot and produce right away. And, I mean, we've seen it with so many guys who struggle on other teams and then they go to New England and they succeed. And then you see guys in New England that do extremely well, like Dion Branch, for example, and they go elsewhere and they struggle tremendously. And then they Dion Branch goes back to New England and did great that one year he was there. So it's like they have the formula there that – and, again, it's the turnover. Like NBA – the. And I'm not saying NBA is not a grueling sport to play a lot of games. You know, it's a high endurance sport. Um, sometimes can be physical, although the defense isn't much anymore. But it's not like football. And football, the the, the average career length is so short. The turnover rate that the players that are going in. I mean, you look at their roster the last ten years, even five years. It's to, it's just totally different. Um, but it doesn't matter. They plug in anybody. They can take someone off the street where I live right now that played football, and I'm I honestly am convinced that they can win, and it's it's insane. And I, I after watching that that football life, it's like Bill Belichick is a genius. He sees guys, he sees something in somebody, and he makes it work. Um, and it's it's pretty incredible. And and everyone hates Tom Brady, but honestly, how do you hate Tom Brady? Tom Brady literally is 
amazing. He is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. He might not be the most physically gifted. He might not be be the best throw. Like to me, Aaron Rodgers is the best all around quarterback I've ever seen. But Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever. That that goes for everything. He's smart. He throws the ball well. Um, he he can dissect the defense. He's a winner. Okay, and I'm at the point now where everyone hates the Patriots. I know they hate the Patriots because Patriots always win. I'm at the point now where it's like, why not see how far this thing can go? Why not see how many? I mean, granted, I want to see the Bears win a Super Bowl, but if the Bears aren't in it, like, why not see how many Super Bowls Tom Brady can win? Let's see if he can play till 50 and win one when he's 50. Like, it's crazy because what they've done is so uncommon and they have such a dynasty that it's like, it's kind of at this point fun to watch because it's like, oh, here they go again. And how do you get mad at it? It's incredible. So I'm I'm not gonna say I'm hoping for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I really don't care who wins it. I don't dislike any of the teams that are in it. Um, I'm gonna give my predictions. I think that the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. And it's, that's really hard to say because Andy Reid's track history is absolutely horrible. Um, but for some reason, I have this gut feeling, and Tom Brady's going to prove me wrong, and I know it. So just because I picked the Chiefs, the Patriots are going to win. But I have this feeling that Patrick Mahomes is going to go in there and just throw a ton of passes, make a lot of completions, score some touchdowns. He's going to extend some plays. Damian Williams is good. The Chiefs' defense has played well, even though they were god awful in the first or in the during the regular season. I think they're going to play well, and I think that I just I think that the Chiefs are going to pull it out. Um, I I don't feel a hundred percent confident saying that because again, Andy Reid and he's going against the greatest coach ever, um, but. Uh, there's, I got a gut feeling that the Chiefs win. If I was a betting man, though, I wouldn't bet on this game because knowing me, I would lose all my money. But I'm, I don't know. Something tells me that the, the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. And then the second game, Drew Brees is my all-time favorite quarterback. Been my favorite quarterback my entire – since I've been watching football, since he's been in the league. He's awesome to watch. He's you know overcome a lot. He's a shorter quarterback. He's, you know, he's not much of a talker. He just goes out there, he plays. And I just I love Drew Brees. I think he's just he's a legend. When you talk about greatest quarterbacks of all time, he so often gets overshadowed. And to me, that's not fair. Uh, I put him up there with Brady and Manning. I do. He might not have the Super Bowls as as many Super Bowls as Brady, but no, I mean the guy seems like every year he's throwing for five thousand yards, and he's incredible. So I love Drew Brees. I love Michael Thomas. I love Kamara and and Ingram. What they have there is is awesome. I mean, they have it seems very like tight knit type uh, type team. And then they're growing up against the Rams. Who? How do you not like the Rams? I mean, they went out. They know that this was a, they went all in. They went all in. They went out. They got Sue. They traded for Peters. They. I mean, they literally they got Talib. They went out and got everybody. And why not? For one year, they had the money. Why not do it? And 
you know, golf is definitely a he can't throw under pressure. He's a system quarterback. We've seen it. Um, he can't read a defense in my eyes, and that's why they, McVay talks to him up to 15 seconds. So I don't think anywhere else golf is good, but in that system, golf is good. And uh, the Saints lost Sheldon Rankins. So to me, I'm going to go Rams. I think the Rams are going to come out. They've run the ball extremely well, especially since they've gotten C.J. Anderson. Um, so I think the Chiefs and the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl, and I'm kind of I'd be excited about that. I would be excited for any of the Super Bowls, truthfully, because Eagles are out, Cowboys are out, can't get any better than that. I'm super excited for the playoffs this weekend. I think they're going to be two really good games, and I think, but in my eyes, I think the Rams are are the best. To me, the Rams are the best all around team in in the whole NFL. I mean, their defense I think played under. I think they underperformed during the season, but to me, in my eyes, are the best all-around team. The Saints, though, are a very good team. They have a running game. They can pass, obviously. Uh, I think out of all the teams, I think the Patriots have the weakest team, but they have the biggest X-factors in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So, I mean, I'm not, that's not a knock on Sean Payton and Drew Brees. What they've done has been incredible. Andy Reid is obviously a great coach, but not a great coach in the playoffs. So it's really hard to, to choose the Chiefs, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so final prediction on that. Chiefs, Rams, that's what I'm going with there. Um, moving on to UFC. So UFC's first event on ESPN. All right, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a little upset. It's on ESPN Plus, but the best thing is I have not used my free trial yet. So you know what I'm gonna do. All my friends know how cheap I am. They know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sign up on Friday. I'm gonna watch the fights on Saturday, and I'm gonna cancel ESPN Plus either Saturday night after the fights or Sunday morning. Um, and then we'll see what happens. I want to see what the cards are like before I commit to something. You know, if these ESPN Plus cards are going to have title fights on them, I have no issue paying the five bucks a month. But if they're going to be, because I've seen some of these fight night cards, and some of them are very good. Some of them are very good. Can't complain. But some of them are shitty, and it sucks because I'm gonna I'm gonna miss some fights, and I really don't want to because I love watching UFC, and it sucks because fight night was always free. But, you know, I'm not going to commit to, you know, paying money for something that's not going to be good. But they got a lot, a lot on ESPN Plus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve events. And that's just through July 29th or June 29th. That's not even the whole summer. So... You know, I might I might have lied. I might have to start paying that uh, and paying for it because I love watching UFC. I mean, nothing's better than Saturday night when you realize there's a UFC fight on or UFC card, I should say. Um, but anyway, let's look at the card here. I'm going to make my predictions for UFC. I think it's going to be a big weekend. TJ Dillashaw says he's going to come out. He's going to beat Cejudo. I'm pretty sure he said he's going to forfeit that belt that he gets off of Cejudo, and then he's going to go try to claim a third title. And for those of you that aren't familiar, this is also the same card that 
Rachel Ostovich is on who recently just her husband just got arrested and put in jail for uh, domestic violence and no who else but Greg Hardy is also on that card so kind of I wouldn't say comical because it's not funny but kind of uh, weird that Rachel Ostovich has to be on the card with somebody who did the same thing that her husband did to her um, Greg Hardy 3-0 in the UFC though um, and he's facing Alan Crowder is not bad. Crowder is not a uh, a bad fighter. He's nine and three. Greg Hardy though three and zero to start. Knockouts have all come in I think less than thirty seconds or something like that. So that that'll be interesting. Um, but here we're going to start with the prelims. I'm going to go just go through the fights that that I know. Um, so the, these are early prelims. These are, these are on ESPN Plus. Uh, Bala Muhammad and uh, I think that's Jeff Neal. Was that Jeff Neal? Yeah, Jeff Neal. That's what I thought. Just want to make sure. Jeff Neal actually just came off a crazy knockout. Um, so he is fighting Muhammad. He is the favorite. He's minus 180. I'm going to go Jeff Neal in that fight. Both have a very good record. Jeff Neal's 10 and 2. Muhammad's 14 and 2. Muhammad has a chin, and that man can can box really, really well. Um, but I think Jeff Neal is just, he's a freak. I mean, this guy is an upcoming star, I think. And I think he's going to absolutely manhandle Muhammad, in my honest opinion. Uh, but that's a, that's a pretty close one. That's that's not a wash uh, as far as the, the bets go. Um, here, we're going to skip up. So the prelim, um, the prelim main event, super excited for this. Cowboy Cerrone has always been my... My favorite UFC fighter, hands down. Um, I'm not going to say he's the greatest ever, but the man is a UFC legend. He's already a Hall of Famer. Whether he wins a belt or not, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. The guy is an absolute monster. He's the, probably one of the most well-rounded fighters the UFC's ever seen. He can knock you out. His kicks are insane. He can box. His Brazilian jiu-jitsu is good. Um, Cerrone is, is great. Um, again, has never won a title, but you know what? Not everyone can win championships. We've seen it before. You see it in other sports. So to me, Cerrone is very, very good. He's a Hall of Famer easily. So he is facing a 10-1 and um, Alexander Hernandez. Okay, Alexander Hernandez, the shorter guy. Um, I'm going to go Cerrone. I think Hernandez is 10 and 1. Cerrone, obviously, like I said, a legend. He's 34 and 11. Um, I'm going to go Cerrone, though. I can't bet against my guy. I love Cerrone. If I'm taking an underdog on a card, I'm taking Cerrone. Uh, he's just so dangerous. He can do so many things differently. I know Hernandez is an up and coming guy, but I think that Cerrone, I, I don't know how he's going to win this fight. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins by another submission. I mean, that, that submission victory against Platinum Mike Perry was so impressive. He didn't take really any damage. I could see Cerrone kind of – he is getting older now. I can kind of see that becoming his game, like coming out and, and trying to take guys down and and choke them out or, or get them to tap. I, I can kind of see that so he's taking less damage, kind of extend that career longer because I don't think he has any intentions on retiring anytime soon. Um. Next one, Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostovich. Um, Paige Van Zant has had some bad luck, broken arm multiple times. Um, she's 
she's been exciting in the past. Like she, she's still very young, and I think that she's got potential, but she's kind of been disappointing in her last couple fights. And I'm gonna go Rachel Ostovich in this. I don't know why. Um, I could see the arm. I could see Paige uh, being kind of scared in that fight, kind of holding back, kind of a little nervous because she hasn't been in the ring in a while. Because last time she fought, she broke her arm. She had some issues with the arm. Had to get it fixed again. So I think she's going to come out a little timid, and I think that she's going to get beat by Rachel Ostovich. And I could see Paige being cut by UFC after that. And we saw it with Sage North Northcutt, who's a younger uh, fighter who a lot of people think could be a star one day. But he just his fights weren't impressive enough to keep him around. And a lot of people were upset with Dana White with that. But the UFC's got the best talent in the world, in my opinion. Or maybe not everyone. I mean, they got let Mighty Mouse go. But at the end of the day, it's about making money. And to me, uh, you know, Sage Northcutt's fights never I mean, I always would watch them, but they would never be exceptionally exciting. So Paige Van Zant, she's been that exciting fighter in the past, but She's really struggled. Uh, the next fight, we got Ortiz and Benavidez. I'm going to go Benavidez on this. Benavidez is an absolute stud. Um, not that Ortiz is bad, but I'm, I'm going to go Benavidez. He's a pretty heavy favorite in that at minus 230. Um, then we got Connor Gillespie versus uh, Medeiros. I'm going to go Gillespie. He's 12-0. He's looked phenomenal in all of his UFC fights. He's an exciting fighter. Um, he's again a heavy favorite, minus five fifty. Can't go against that. Um, I, I think Gillespie wins this um, in pretty exciting fashion. I'm gonna go. Then we got Greg Hardy and Crowder. Um, I'm gonna go Crowder. So Hardy is a heavy favorite again, minus five fifty. Uh, Crowder plus four hundred. But Greg Hardy has not been able to. He hasn't shown any ground game at all. So if Crowder can have some sort of a chin and and I don't I mean I don't think Crowder is a I don't think he's a guy that's going to take you down often but I think for this fight because of Greg Hardy's power I think at least if I'm if I'm Crowder I'm probably I'm working on my takedown game and and ground game for this fight and if he can withstand a flurry from Hardy maybe force it to a second round third round get Hardy tired Take him down, choke him out. He hasn't. He has not faced that adversity yet. He hasn't fought anybody that's been in the UFC. Anybody to me worth like guys that I don't even recognize. So for me, if I'm if I'm Crowder's coach, I'm going out there saying maybe tire him out, throw some leg kicks, uh, wear his legs down, get him tired, try to withstand the flurries, take him down, wear him out, and choke him out. Uh, that's that's what I would do for that. And then the last one, we got Cejudo Dillashaw. That's another tough one. So it's pretty even on the betting. I mean, Dillashaw is the favorite. Dillashaw is the bigger guy. Uh, he's three in, two inches taller, three-inch reach. Um, Dillashaw is a very good boxer. But in my eyes, Mighty Mouse is probably one of the greatest, in my eyes, the greatest flyweight of all time. And Cejudo made slight work of him in that fight they had. He wrestled great. And Cejudo is such a great wrestler. I think he takes Dillashaw down and I think he wears Dillashaw out. I think that because Cejudo beat Johnson, that makes him a better – I think I don't know. I think that he beats Dillashaw. He's hot right now. 
Uh, he looks phenomenal. I mean, he looks huge. I know he's always ripped, but he looks jacked. And I don't know. I think that he's gonna. I think he's gonna beat Dillashaw. He's gonna upset him. So that is it. That's all I got. Pretty again. We've been trying. We've been keeping these a little short. Don't want to really make them an hour and a half. Those were. That's too much when it's just me talking. Um, so that's really it. Uh, that's it for the podcast today. Please make sure to share, subscribe, retweet all my tweets. Help me out. All right. I, I'm not. I, I'm not in it for the money. I'm not. I just want people to listen. I want people to communicate. This is fun for me. So the more people are out there, give me shit on Twitter. I don't care. All right. I just want people to start recognizing this podcast and being interactive. It makes it so much more fun. But have a nice night, everybody. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Those of you that uh, are going to get snow, be safe. Make good use of all the goddamn eggs and milk you took from the grocery store that I couldn't have. Um, And have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy your football. Enjoy your UFC. Hopefully some more baseball news coming on uh, either Monday or Tuesday whenever I release some. Peace out, everybody. We back and pretty hot. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. I don't care.